I didn't want you to feel bad. It's not. I, I didn't write the song, Vince. If you don't want it in the song, take it out of the show. It's fine. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Petrano. Coming up on 10 Minutes After 8 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Greg Pancake Hill is producing the program. Eric Bilstead of Vince Vitrano here with you until 9 o'clock. And I want to start with something that resonated with me. It was published in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel over the weekend because I am this. (laughs) (laughs) The headline spoke to me, I am this. And I bet you are too. Or maybe you're not, but you know somebody who is. Here's the headline. Political rifts end friendships spark safety fears in Wisconsin. This is based on a study out of UW-Madison, the Center for Communication and Civic Renewal. Statewide survey of 3,031, they say, demographically representative Wisconsinites investigating civic consequence of political conflict. And as the headline indicated, one of the things they're focusing on is a certain number of us here in Wisconsin, this probably is all over the place, have ended a friendship or at least altered that friendship or altered a relationship with a family member over our inability to civilly discuss politics. I am this. You've ended relationships. I have not ended any relationships. I mean, but I know there are certain friend groups. I know people's politics and I know where to navigate in there if I don't want to start things or whatever. But certainly with people close to me in family, I know where everybody's politics are and I know who to talk to about politics and who not. And I've definitely pulled back. I've reached with a couple people in my life, like, let's just, let's help each other and our relationship, and let's just not do it. Let's just not talk politics. And yet, still, sometimes we can't help ourselves. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. One of the reasons for that, and then I'll get into the particulars of the survey, one of the reasons I think it's hard for us to avoid political discussion is think about, all right, let's talk about something else. Let's talk about sports. Well, sports got a little political, right? First, you have the national anthem controversy. Should we be standing? Should we not be standing? Is it okay not to stand? You had the Black Lives Matter movement. The teams didn't come out here and there. We had mm-hmm. all this activism that we didn't like. So, all right, all right, let's not talk about sports. Let's talk about school. What's happening at school? Well, polarized school board, school curriculum, sex ed, yes or no. Or what about this? What about that? So po- school has become politicized. Let's talk about our health. How are you feeling? Right. COVID. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's political. All right. Fine. Let's talk about the weather. Well, can you see, look what's happening with the global warming? Ah! Are you kidding? Another one. Right. <laughs> so part of it is like we've politicized everything to the point of, well, what are we supposed to talk about? We just sit there and stare at each other? But, I don't know. But I like that, the shirt you're wearing. Is, hey, how dare you? Yeah. Well, you know where it was made. <laughs> yeah. But isn't there something to that, like just like the, the human nature of turning everything into divisiveness? I guess These days, right? like it's like people feed on that, and I don't. There are a number of relationships in my life where I don't want to. I mean, you have some folks that where you, man, one of my buddies for oh, we've had him on the show, Scahill, yeah, right, mm-hmm. investigative journalist, wrote a couple of really amazing books, New York Times bestseller, mm-hmm. and you know his politics are very different than mine. But I, I, I love sparring with him. I usually lose, at least in the argument. If you were judging who won this, okay. it's him every time. But he's just smarter than me, so. <laughs> that definitely helps him. But there's a guy where I'm I'm in, I, enlivened by that discussion, the back and forth. Of the Wow, I never thought of it like that. I, I don't know why I can get there with him, but with other people in my life, I can't. 
because that's where we're supposed to be. Well, you see it this way. I see it. Well, that's mm-hmm. interesting, Eric. I never thought about that. But as my wife always says, are you, when we talk about politics, are you listening to understand or are you listening to respond? And very often, I'm just waiting for you to be done so that I get to make my point now. So you can go peacock oh, around. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Well, all puffy chested. So I'm curious, though, if you haven't broken up with anyone friendship-wise, have you, like, blocked them on social media? I've blocked a lot of people I do don't know. But right. I don't mean block, like, so there are filters, like, on Facebook where they don't know that you have them turned off. Sure. <laughs> so you can, you can yelling turn... into an empty hallway? <laughs> yes. Yes. Still didn't get his goat with this one. Let's try this. Mm-hmm. Here's a little bit more from the survey. Again, this from UW-Madison Center for Communication and Civic Renewal. Statewide survey, more than 3,000 people. It was published in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Stopping political discussions. 60% say disagreements ended conversations. I got no problem there. Right? That's fine. You're here. I'm there. We're not getting anywhere. Let's just, you know what, go somewhere sure. and cool off. Yeah. Let me see. Cutting ties. This is where it gets a little more concerning. 17% ended friendships distanced from relatives over politics. Fallout from Wisconsin's political divides can go deeper, limiting or ending longstanding personal relationships. 17% of Wisconsinites report completely ending a friendship or spending less time with a family member due to political disagreement. My method has been there are a couple of people very close to me and we just tried to agree let's just not grab that third rail when we're together let's just not go there and i is there anything wrong with that i mean i guess i wish it weren't but as a matter of self-preservation and as a matter of preservation of a relationship that to me is more important than your politics or mine to just leave some things off limits i'm okay with that look it's not you it's me you know, you, you deserve better. You so, deserve to be with people who think more like you. <laughs> I'm I'm bad. I'm way out here on the fringes. You deserve to be surrounded by people who support mm-hmm. support your ideology. Someone who may want to compromise. That is not me. <laughs> on compromise, that's interesting. So in the survey, some people reported having an actual fear for their safety. And I'm not going to laugh at that. That's We've seen... Political violence or threats of political violence. So that's sad. Reasons for hope, they say. 74% support compromises to solve problems. And that's what's interesting is we hear it on this show, too. When we open up the old National Bank talk and text line or we take calls, folks say, why can't these guys work together? Why can't they come to some sort of compromise? Why can't we meet on this and move it forward? But very often all that means is why can't they see it like I do? Right. Compromise by coming to my side. So we <laughs> yes. say we want compromise, but do we really? I don't know. I, I think it's an okay method if you get to that point with people, just leave it off limits. I don't know that you got to end the friendship. Can you find a way to coexist by just saying we're going to talk about something else? So how often are friendships like actually ended, or is it just that you tend to avoid hanging out with one another? You know what I mean? Like is, They is just it, sort of fade away. Yeah, right. yeah. Growing apart. If you will. What would I expect you to call your 40-something buddy and just say, we're break, we're broken up? <laughs> yeah. Listen, it's Eric. We're done. Hey, man, it's not you. It's me. Right. No. <laughs> I think you just sort of go away or you stop hanging out or you try not to play golf with that person. But in, in terms of family and people who are close to you, who you actually care about beyond the political arguments, I don't know what it is that we can't help ourselves. 
I am guilty of this myself, even though my rational self knows that I'm not going to change this person's mind about whatever the topic is. Yet, for some reason, something happens, and I got a live one, and I'm like, this is going to be the one where they're finally going to understand that my side is right. <laughs> You're speaking all caps. And I know that going in. I know it. And yet, or, and you can even resolve to say, like, I'm just going to be reasonable. We're going to be very calm. And then you, you just... Yep, yep. Hair starts standing up in the See, back of the neck. So now I'm mad. Though. Now you're mad. Now we we leave with hurt feelings. But you know that guy too, the one who brings that politics up no matter what. And you, oh, stop! I just wonder if for a lot of folks, more and more, if that's their solution. Can you save a relationship by just agreeing politics is off limits? I'm tired of this guy. <laughs> right. Already getting some texts here on the old National Bank talk and text line. I wonder if that's the case for you. Do you have folks in your life with whom you simply cannot talk politics? Why do we fall into that trap? And what do you do about it? For me, it was identifying a few relationships and a few people with whom I value so much more than those political conversations. And we just flat don't talk about it. I think there's nothing wrong with it. 818 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Old National Bank talk and text line is 855-616-1620. Old National Bank, get old. 855-616-1620. We'd love to hear from you if you've dealt with this in your life. you got some folks, maybe you know some relationships are not as important to you as others, but people who are important to you with whom you just can't talk politics. It hurts your relationship. How have you handled that? In my case, the couple people very close to me, we just quit talking about it. And I still screw it up. I still sometimes because come you still in hang hot. out with them and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah. I also still come come in sometimes with here's the point I'm going to make, and I know better. <laughs> Can't help myself. Surely this one won't degenerate into you know the bad hurt feelings and whatever, because this one you will see very clearly where I'm coming. Yeah, right. Yeah, this very time you'll reasoned, sway them. Reasoned and yeah. measured here. From the 302 on the old National Bank talk and text line, 855-616-1620. I just broke up with a friend of 30 years over politics. Very sad. So how, do you, how does that breakup go? I'm so, I'm so curious. Well, are we be, hey, we, are we talking figuratively? Did you, you go and like have coffee together? Hey, we got to talk. <laughs> or the friend calls and you're like, hey, uh, we're golfing this weekend. I think we got to talk. I think, hey, I think we're through here. Sorry. It's not you. It's me. <laughs> Or it is you. You're intolerable. <laughs> yeah. I can't stand being around you because you support the flat tax or you don't or, or whatever. And I, it's not for nothing, though. I mean, politics that are driving a certain you – know, it's important. We're talking about things that matter. And if you're really convinced that the country is on the right track or on the wrong track or that the governor is great for Wisconsin or that we're on a path to disaster, like those things matter. And especially when you're talking family, like this is the future of, of my family. Sure. You want good things for people. I just wonder if we're past the point of where we question each other's motivations as well. That's another issue is used to be back and somebody's uh, invoking Ronald Reagan here. Reagan used to say, can't people of good conscience disagree on something, but agree both are good people. Do we have to hate each other? Apparently, many of us have to hate each other. I blame both parties for this. And of course, social media, which hyper partisan partisanizes Everything. I think that's definitely a fair point because we can't ever escape it. But, you know, hearkening back to the Reagan days, I feel like when we look back at that time, 
Okay, Democrats had a way that they wanted to do this. Republicans had a way they wanted to do that. But nobody questioned whether or not each either side was doing what it was thought was in the best interest right. of the country. Moving the country forward. If we have agreement that, look, you're a good person, I'm a good person, we may disagree on how to get there, but the there is the same, best for the country or best for the state, but we disagree on that. And then we discovered that the best way to win a campaign is to scare the voter about the other person. (laughs) I feel like that's not as new. 824, let's uh, go to the phones, 855-616-1620 on the old National Bank talk and text line. Just wondering if you've had those relationships in your life where you've had to limit them or even flat end them because you can't talk politics. Mike is with us this morning. Hey, Mike. Good morning, guys. How are you? Doing well. Who do you got? So um, my brother's uh, fiance, who is now his wife, um, we got into it one time, and this is a long time ago. This is back in the mid-'90s. And um, after that incident, I said, I will never do that again because I don't want to have that, uh, you know, in our relationship. It's kind of like even with Facebook relationships, I won't, you know, get into arguments about politics because it's just not worth it. Are you, are you successful at that, Mike? I mean, having avoided yeah. that? I have for the most part. I mean, because I'll, I'll hear her say something and I, I really don't respond um, every once in a while, you know, because, if, you know, she's not directly talking to me. I just overhear it, you know. You'll just sigh really while. loud. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> if, it's so ridiculous, if it's so ridiculous, I got to, like, just say something. And it's like we're not talking to each other directly, but we both hear each other. But I don't keep it going after that. I just refuse because we had a real you know, not good argument the first time. And I'm just like, I just, I can't do that again. I appreciate you sharing that, Mike. Yeah. I mean, right. You can't be the, we don't talk politics anymore, but you're back in there going, (laughs) 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 can't be that guy either. Right. You're either in or you're out. We're just not talking about this. This one can't break up a 49 year marriage. LOL. Even though my husband is still blinded by our former president who I even voted for, but he thinks was stolen. LOL. Help me. (laughs) It's tough. There's a husband and wife, right? We can't agree. And we always think, you know, in our, in our more, in our calmer times when we're being measured, we say, I would like to be with someone who disagrees with me about things. Sure. Boy, it'd be boring if we sure agreed on everything. Mm, I don't know. More and more, I'm like, <laughs> make life a lot easier. <laughs> I got a kid who's real into politics. Oh, Should good for you. Pop off from time to time. Oh, that's fantastic for you. Fortunately, fortunately the boy agrees with me on everything. That's <laughs> what <laughs> so you got him going. Right. I'll throw him up against her. But no, we'll get at it. And like, we start, it starts innocently enough about something that was on the news. She'll ask a question and I'll say something and then bit and then bit, bit. Now we're off. Wow. Oh, I do not envy that. Can't do it. 827 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Seventeen percent of Wisconsinites in a survey said they have ended friendships or distanced themselves from relatives over politics. I told you that had that happened to me in my life, but it's more of a conscious choice how we chose to deal with it was let's just not talk about it. So there's an actual conversation about Yes. It was like, look, we you can't convince me, I can't convince you. And even if we entered into it in terms of like not that wasn't my point. We just were talking about it and would get hot. See, there's certain people though that can get away with it, that can converse back and forth, that have a yeah. mutual respect. 
of the opinions and can have some fun, actually enjoy that conversation, enjoy that quote unquote debate. But then there's others where it just <laughs> it gets hard. It. Where and it impacted me. Where you know, doesn't matter what issue, but just at the end of it was like. I feel like you're questioning whether or not I'm a decent person, like a good and decent person based on the argument that I've just talked about here politically. And that's that, that's hurtful. Like that I'm, makes me sad that you would think that you think this. I think that. But like somehow I'm, I'm not a good person because of that. Let's just not go down that road. So that's. So we've chosen to deal with it. Let me bring Dave in. He is with us on the Old National Bank. Talk and text line, 855-616-1620. Morning, Dave. Morning. Um, yeah, I had a situation. I, I shouldn't say I ended it. This other friend probably ended it with me. It was during the high, kind of the height of COVID. We were going to work on a project. I had some other guys that were going to be helping. They were all like 65 and older and you know weren't all fully vaccinated or able to get that. They were vaccinated, but this guy that was going to be helping us wasn't, and he was an anti-vaxxer and it was just like, he just drew a line in the sand, you know? And, and, uh, since then, you know, we've all gotten past that and things have gotten better and I've tried to reconnect with him, and he just won't take my calls or anything. I mean, one thing probably didn't help the one time I was talking to him, I told him, be careful driving home that he didn't uh, drive off the end of the earth, you know, that flat earth. You know? <laughs> wow. No, probably... <laughs> Listen, man, I'm not a relationship expert, but I would agree with you on that. That might've, that might have done something. <laughs> Couldn't you help know, yourself, but, though. I don't know. It was just—it's a little, little frustrating. But anyway, so. uh, thanks for sharing that, Dave. And I, I am sorry yep. for that. Bye. <laughs> called him a yeah, flat, flat earther. earther. Hey, you flat earther. Good luck. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't get a lot of calls from him after that. Where was the one with the grade school, Eric? Did you see that one? Uh, oh, here school. I got it. My best friend from grade school walked away uh, from our 40-year friendship on January 6, 2021. She texted me during the chaos, asked how I felt, what was going on. She got more and more heated with her messages. I responded without getting upset. Ultimately, I told her that this was the reason that we never talked politics, and she knew where I stood on things. She unfriended me later that day, canceled all other connections that we had, 40 years of friendship gone because I didn't agree with her on her politics. Ugh. It's hard. I mean, I guess, like I said, that's one that maybe you could have gone. But this, here's someone saying, like, no, we, they probably already had that conversation, right, about how we don't agree on mm -hmm, politics. Mm -hmm. Let's do something else. Yeah, right. But Jan 6th happened. We're all watching it play out in front of our eyes. Different people saw different things. Poke, poke, poke. <laughs> Mushroom cloud. About 20 minutes before 9 o'clock. <laughs> what you told him? <laughs> you say it every you time it plays. So I told, this, I told this Greg. This is the one? No way. <laughs> so every day, every day this song plays in, in Toronto before he cracks the mic goes, ah, wasted bump. This is the one? Really? I don't like this one. So I told Greg. It does nothing. It's just noise to me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What's this music you're playing back there? Yeah, exactly. Here, this one. There, there you go. Is. Now we're telling you. That's some, that's some music. Son. Yeah, it sounds right. <laughs> God. All right. It's gone. There it's it out. is. Well, yeah, you don't like it. Why would I keep it if you don't like it? Well, you're part of the program as well. I know, but this isn't my show. A little bit. It's a team. 
It's the pancake show. I get that, show. but I mean, if you're like, you had a vis, an actual reaction to it <laughs> every, day. Did. every day. Every day, I would have never guessed that was the one. Okay, backing up and filling you all in now, since we wasted your time with this, but now you're wondering what is this about? So, Greg Pancake Hill, the producer of the program, chooses our music that comes in and out mm-hmm. each time. Right? Shouldn't be a thing. It's just whatever. But certain, you know, right? You have certain things in your workout mix or whatever it sure. is that gets you in a certain mood to do something or does something for you. So not for nothing, but the bumper music matters, oh, not it, just it, for you, but it, for me, for Eric Falls, It, it affects right? the tone of the show. Sure. And Greg does a fantastic job with it. When he breaks out one of my 80s songs there, <laughs> <laughs> some with a lot of synthesizer, I am ready yeah, a little to go. Huey Lewis and everything gets going. So there are a few there in the system that aren't my favorites, and I didn't mean to pick on Greg, so I just don't make a deal of it, but I just <laughs> like every, every day, can't like, help myself wasted. by saying to Eric, that's nah, a wasted bump. I don't like that one. <laughs> okay, now I, it's gone. I finally told him, like, you got to know that one. I don't know what song it is, but there's one that he always says. So it. I look over here, and here's Eric. Looking at Greg, pers- pressing his button, telling him, like, oh, you're telling him? <laughs> this is I didn't want one. him to feel so bad. the best oh. part, and no one would know this, but the best part is Eric looks at me and just nods his head. And I was like, <laughs> oh, so this is the one. <laughs> I didn't want you to feel bad. It's not, I, I didn't write this song, Vince. If you don't want it in the show, take it out of the show. It's fine. <laughs> That's not, is that your favorite song? No, not, not particularly. What song even is that? It's called Reckless Abandoned by Blink-182. <laughs> All right, that's not in my playlist. <laughs> Here it is for the but last yeah, time. Hope you like it. We're gonna play yes, in and out of every break for the rest of the show. A little behind the scenes here on <clears throat> Wisconsin's morning news. Have I given the impression that I want the magic bus to fail? Uh, a little bit. A little bit. Have a little I? bit. Yeah. Right, I want to clear that up. I don't want the magic bus to fail. Magic bus. I want it magic to be good. Bus. I just don't think it's gonna be. I do have an update on the Magic Bus. This is the bus rapid transit system in Milwaukee, and uh, there is some news on that. The Magic Bus is going to be free to ride pretty much all summer. So Milwaukee County Transit got into a partnership with uh, one of its vendors. The vendor, I think it's UMOS, I got it written down here. They make the the fare system that MCTS is going to go with. So the hardware, the software that runs how you pay and stuff like that, and it's probably a fairly large contract. So... Props to MCTS and to the county for saying, hey, we're going with your thing. How about a little something for the effort? So they're going to sponsor free rides on the Magic Bus all summer. What's the Magic Bus? That's this bus rapid transit that, under the best case scenario, will shave about eight or nine minutes off the total travel time from a normal bus if you ride the whole corridor. So basically from the Watertown Plank Park and Ride all the way to the lakefront Mm -hmm. or vice versa. If you were to take a regular bus, it would take you... 40-some minutes if you take the Magic Bus, which is fewer stops and goes through a few Super fast. longer lights, has its own dedicated lanes. You get there seven, eight, nine minutes quicker. So I call it the Magic Bus because some of the projections that were made when trying to sell this to the taxpayers cost $50 million just to put up the infrastructure. And if you've driven on Blue Mound Road or Wisconsin Avenue lately, you see that they've built out like platforms where you get on the Magic Bus and then it has its own lanes, which are now painted up. So if you drive that area, you've now seen them. So you're not going to be allowed to put your car in that lane. It's just going to sit empty for almost all day, but for the few moments that the Magic Bus comes zipping on through. So now you got to squeeze on in there with even more traffic in those smaller lanes. So one, I've always discounted the highfalutin claims about what this is going to do in terms of reducing congestion. Because on the surface, you look at it and say, how does taking a lane out of traffic reduce congestion? 
And they're saying because so many people will be so excited about the magic bus that they're going to stop taking their cars and start taking the bus, which I, I flat just don't believe it. I think that's absurd. Yeah, but you could get on the bus to check your email. Sure. Listen to the radio. Instead of taking your car, yes, you could have it take way longer to get to your destination. <laughs> you could wait outside for the bus. Jeez. You could, you could if even if you do the math too, gas at three fifty a gallon, it's still not going to save you any money. Well, what's the fare to well, unless you actually ditch your total car, right? And then you don't have car maintenance. It's free or through like the summer, but then what? Two bucks. I think it's going to be four dollars round trip, like okay. two bucks a shot, which isn't bad, right? No. And I so just to clarify my position, one, I think we do need to have a robust transit system. You have to. A city of our size, some folks don't have cars, and we got to move people around. I've, I'm a bus user myself. As a kid, I would take the bus downtown. I would take it back. If I could put my my 15 year old has a, has a job now, and is going to start soon this summer, and we're already wondering like how are we going to get her there? If I could put her on a bus that went there, yeah. absolutely would. See, we're it's we're different than a lot of other cities though. Like it, 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 we are, there is a large component that does not have any interest in using any public transit of any kind. And I think that's just a reality that will not be overcome by the magic bus, even though that's what the projections say. So I just don't buy it. That said, I do want it to be successful. I would be overjoyed if I were totally wrong. If in two years from now, they're like, man, we got to expand this thing. We got to do another magic bus, which they're already talking about because this is so successful. So many people are riding the magic bus. I think that's good. I pull for the city of Milwaukee. I pull for the county. I've lived in Milwaukee County almost my entire life, but for school and my first job. So, like, I want it to be successful. I am not that guy that says, I think the Vikings are going to roll the Packers this weekend. And you sit there at the bar with the guy, and he roots against his team because he wants to be right. I am not that guy. So I hope I'm wrong. I just don't buy it. But I think that the, the free rides will help. People will try it. So that's like HBO, right? When you get HBO or Showtime for free. And then uh, after a couple of months, all of a sudden it kicks in and you start paying for it. And then you realize a couple of years later you're paying even more as a similar kind of thing. <laughs> yes. Either, either that or a drug dealer. Oh, right. Ooh. Hey, kid, you want a little taste of this? Now he's comparing a drug dealer to the magic yes, bus. Yes, that's, that's what nice. I'm doing. Right. Perfect. It's a perfect comparison here. <laughs> oh, just give him a little taste of the magic bus for free and then start charging him two bucks. By then they're already hooked. They're already hooked on the magic bus. Which launches June 4th for free. on Wisconsin's Morning News. Going to take you up till 9 o'clock, then Steve Scafidi joins us, and you got a hero story. You love these stories, Mm -hmm. and I love that you love these stories. Yes, one of my favorite stories when it's an average superhero, someone who just was going about their day, and all of a sudden they saved a life or they did something miraculous. All right. Her name is Heaven Chavez. She was riding with her mom in New Mexico, when they heard something outside the window. My window was cracked, but I heard somebody yelling for help. And I told my daughter, I think somebody's yelling for help. And she said, turn around, Mom. So they get out of the car. They look, and there's this giant sinkhole. 
Just right there, just half the sidewalk's gone, this huge sinkhole. The whole sidewalk was gone. Yeah, so, okay, now what? Well, all of a sudden they realize there's a dude in there. He was holding onto the poles and he was screaming, saying, I don't want to die, and if I die, I love you, son. And I was like, you're not no. dying. <laughs> oh, can you imagine hearing yeah. somebody say that? Yes, God. No. Well, I love her. She said, nope, nope, you're not dying. Not today. Not today. No one dies today. So... The two women helped get this guy and kid out of the sinkhole. Well, I was holding onto the fence like Spider-Man, trying to, trying to help him, but trying to save myself as well. So they, it took him a while. Some other bystanders were there too, and they're able to get him out. My daughter got a baby blanket out of the car and gave it to him, and he hugged her so tight, and he he needed somebody. Yeah, yeah, it was a moment there. So these two women. Just happened to have the window down, happened to hear something, decided, you know what, we got to stop and look. And there they found this giant sinkhole and helped save this guy and his kid. I like the, the part that spoke to me was she said, like, she was hanging on like Spider-Man. I was holding onto the fence like Spider-Man. <laughs> I've complained all the time when we find people who've done amazing, heroic things. And the news shows up at their house like, ah, shucks, you know, just doing what anybody right? else would have done. Right, Finally no. we got one. Nah, I'm Spider-Man. Yeah, she owned it. Holding onto the fence like Spider-Man. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios. This is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. Baby, baby, I'm back. Back 8.57 on Wisconsin's morning news. Straight off the paving lot. Steve Scafidi is with us this morning. Yeah, I got my work gloves, work pants on, ready to get back to work. Man, you look like a natural man. I love that. I I stayed there until 4 o'clock. They let me help pay their parking lot on a different piece of equipment. (laughs) I was out of my mind just having a a guy thing, guy experience. Steve and I went out to visit our partners at Johnson & Sons Paving. They were celebrating their 10-year anniversary. How great are they? Just a great company. What a great company. Great guys, great family. I met the owner. Oh, my God. It was a great day. A lot of Johnsons running around there. (laughs) There were so many Johnsons. Couldn't keep track of them all. But they hosted a nice event and... As I, th- I said, it was a thrill to be able to get in. You know, here's a here's a big piece of equipment. You know, I don't know how much these things cost, half a million dollars or more. Go ahead. Knock yourself out. That's awesome. <laughs> they One 30-second tutorial. Right in the excavator, which is one of those things that's got a cab on it and then a big long arm that extends, and it's like a claw. Mm-hmm. You, know, you use it to move boulders around, or maybe you're digging a ditch or something like that. So Steve was moving boulders into the crusher. So he had to pick up a load with the, you know, mm-hmm. the reverse hand, the claw. <laughs> And then he gets it up in the... Swing that sucker around. <laughs> Man, the video I saw, it, it looked like you'd been doing it all your life. No, 30 seconds. Here you go. Here, here's the keys. Quick coach him up, and then the guy hops off, and there's Scafidi in there. I told him. Throwing rocks. I told one of the Johnson brothers that this is, this is like a bucket list item for me. You Cross did a good it job. Off. I appreciate it. Thanks for letting me hang out there. It was awesome. Somebody someday is going to be driving on a road here that maybe you helped that I Because... That's being used. Yeah. Maybe today. Who <laughs> could knows? Be. You could be driving on a Scafidi Highway right now. We should name it after you, like a one-mile section, you know? Yeah. I don't have anything named after me. It's probably a good thing. Because people just curse, right? Well, like, except they, for, oh, man, the Stever Way. Uh, <laughs> drive on the Stever Way again. You're really into that Stever thing. That's just a nickname, Eric. The following, <laughs> show, the, show. The following show is named after you. Steve <laughs> Scafidi is next.